1: To get started, visit plushcare.com/weightloss. That's plushcare.com/weightloss.
2: Okay, before we get into anything, I need to know if you got some money back from the Canadian Revenue Agency today. I I haven't been able to check yet. What? No, I, I <laughs> how were you on Twitter and didn't check your <laughs> Because it needs <laughs> the government has been stealing money or holding out money on you.
3: <laughs> to sign into to the Canadian Revenue Agency thing, you have to put in the exact dollar amount of your 2018 tax return.
2: Mm, and didn't I have it handy, eh?
3: Did, no, uh, shockingly I don't carry around my 2018 tax returns with me, so I was unable to do that. Um but shout out to Third Period Suits. He he is like Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he swooped in. There was a guy I saw... modern-day Robin Hood. There was a guy I saw, he retweeted him,
0: $12,000.
2: That's amazing. I don't know how that's possible, but that is...
1: to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
2: Like, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know. How I don't even possible.
3: think we should explain what this is. We should just assume that
2: everyone knows what we're talking about. Okay, we've already significantly buried the lead, so let's yeah. get into it. The Maple Leafs had their biggest win of the season, 5-3, over the Florida Panthers, the Florida Panthers, who they are chasing or not chasing anymore. Not at all. <laughs> They're being chased by the Florida Panthers, but now they have a four-point bulge on Florida. Whoa. S- four-point bulge.
3: First of all, you said Florida Panthers. You said the Florida Panthers like people go the Ohio State University. They're not worthy of that distinction? I, I mean, they just lost to the Marley's defense Corps. so that is I don't true. know. And four-point bulge, I'm going to start using that. I think that's a good term. You I like it? that one. Okay. Yeah. This was a huge game. It was a huge game.
2: And they won. It's pretty sweet. And now after, you know— All the misery all the commiseration Mm -hmm. they have two wins in the state of florida one over a really good team one over the team that is their direct competition right now Mm -hmm. and things are significantly looking up and we're going to go right into your takeaway because i think we're going to cover all the bases of this one again 5-3 willie nylander got the winner justin hall put it in an empty net from his own end uh and the leafs got a big big victory
3: if you give this team some goaltending they can win a cup
2: okay. hot take. And I know this is coming, you know, a couple, couple so, days. So two periods of a clean sheet for the final 40 minutes. Didn't change your opinion. Oh, are you like for, no, for, go, okay, for go Freddie? Ahead. Are go you, ahead. are we going to do ahead. this?
3: Go ahead. No, it's okay. I mean, look, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what is going on with him this year. If it's injuries or something, but he has been consistently bad for the last three months. I can't remember the last time Frederick Anderson was Frederick Anderson. And this team with a decimated defense core, I mean you're missing. I don't. Even, I I shudder to even think of CC as like in your top four, and he wasn't in your top four when when he went down. But they're missing Riley and Muzzin. Those are the two two huge components of his defense core. They, they're they're the two they're two best defensemen, and then a guy in, in CC who, although he's not great, he logs twenty minutes a night, especially on the penalty kill. They have two rookies. They have a guy in Martin Marincin who's like you know. He, he, he's a quasi-NHL, AHL guy. You have a guy in Callie Rosen who's played, like, 13 NHL games and just, like, he, he flew, he didn't even have a layover in Toronto. He flew all the way to Florida. Like, and they just reacquired him. Like, you have Travis Dermott, who's in the middle of a, of a rough season. Tyson is in the middle of a rough season. Justin Hall, who is in the middle of a rough stretch. And yet they all came together and they and they bailed out their goaltender just like that goaltender has bailed them out so many times before. If this, if every piece on this team is clicking, and right now the goaltending is not clicking, but if that goaltending starts to get in, you know, into into focus, holy moly, this team is going to be scary.
2: Well, I definitely agree with you. It was, uh, it was looking like, well, I, I don't, I don't want to say the first period that everybody was delivering, but everyone was sort of doing their job for the most part. I think the first two goals were sort of the product of some lapses in, you know, their structure. Yeah, it never, not Freddie's fault. But the third one was the worst, maybe the worst goal scored on Frederick Anderson at the NHL level. Yeah. I. It's probably I, not, but it was really, really bad. He's probably like misplayed it behind the net. Like he Even has. not that, no, that's, is it's that wor- worse though. Really? I, I think that's worse. If you misplay it behind the net, you made a mistake, whatever. Like, you know, you just, that's a different type of mistake. That is a shot that anyone gets either a block or a glove on whichever side it was on. David Ayers gets a blocker or a glove on that one. He for did. Sure. He did. He did. He got seven or eight of those in the game against the Leafs. Like that was a horrific goal. And it came at such a bad time. And that's what makes this win even better for the Maple Leafs. Because mm-hmm. they were down three one on a on the worst goal, again, that Frederick Anderson has probably given up all season. And there was a decision made to keep them in, to keep him in at that point. But there was also a decision made to not let that goal sink them. Yeah. So everyone else sort of banded together. Uh, and they tied the, tied the game before the period was up, and they played really, really good for the rest of the game in front of Anderson, who made the next 18 saves in the second and third period. So while he was a complete mess early, the Leafs did their job, and then Freddie responded by doing his job the rest of the way.
3: I think this team heard people, ourselves included, call them mentally weak, and made a point to never let people do that to them again. Like that, they were twice in the first 10 minutes of the game where I would have thought, all right, game over. Like, there was a lot of people on Twitter that were like, all right, I'll see you back here th- Saturday. Like, peace out. And they just refused to let these these goals that should not have gone in deflate them and ruin – like, bef- we've talked about how before things snowball with the Leafs, where they'll let in a goal, and then, you know, half a minute later, they'll let in another one, and then another 30 seconds later, they'll let in another one, and and – Blink and you miss it It's 90 seconds They've let three goals You know one goal Turn into three goals And now that there's, it's impossible for them, to get, for them to get back In the game But this was a game Where like Huge pressure Huge stakes Everyone knows that Essentially like If they lose this game They're out of a Playoff spot And they have a lot Of work to do Especially because Florida's got a game In hand And they get scored On early And then they they Fight their way back Zach Hyman Heart of the team Gets one in there And we're gonna talk About him yep. And then Right off the bat Again Bad odd man rush right back in the in you know in the back of the net. And they go, Oh boy, here here we go again. But they fight back and get it again. They fight back and tie it. And then Frederick Anderson lets in, as he said, the worst goal that he has let in definitely this season, maybe the NHL level ever. And they re- and then again they, in the same period they refuse to let that bury them. Like I, I was incredibly impressed with the mental resolve of this team. They came out and they just were like, We are not they just decided within the first you know, a couple minutes of the game, even after they got scored on, we're not losing this game. I don't care what our goalie does. I don't care how many defensemen or how many forwards we have dressed. I don't care who's injured. I don't care how many combined NHL games we have under our belts. We are not losing this game. And they didn't, they followed through and it was great to see. Amazing
2: to see. It was different on a multitude of levels. I mean, we had Austin Matthews literally lay the body, use his body to knock an opponent, opponent player down mm-hmm. and then score while that opponent was still trying to pick himself off the ice. We had Casperi and revert to Casberry scrapping it again with a goal <laughs> and then a fight. I mean, we had a lot of different things. We had a lot of a lot of guys who were sort of uh bringing a little bit extra, a little bit more juice, and that's what we need. That's what we, everyone's been clamoring for, right? Mm-hmm. They need to act like they care. I think we saw a team that cared tonight. My takeaway from the game is that 117 11 forwards, 7 defensemen. It was a stroke of genius from Sheldon Keith.
3: Now, this is a, hu- this is a hu- medium, a lukewarm take. they not lukewarm. This I don't is- think
2: so at all. That was chess versus checkers, in my opinion. <laughs> that, was a, that was a chess versus checkers decision. I mean, we were talking for 48 hours after Jake Muzzin went out. How are they going to deal with this? How are they going to find a way to put together a combination that will not just, like, see them through, but even stand up to a decent opponent, an opponent like the Florida Panthers that scores a lot of goals? Well what they did is they didn't make a hard decision. They didn't put it in cement. They dressed seven defensemen, and they gave themselves options. So it did, a, it did a couple things for them. It maximized what they do extremely well. So how do you want to play defense? Well, the best way to play defense, as Sheldon Keith says, is to play offense more. So they put their five players out. They, they, their best five players consisted of the entire top six. So early in the game, it was just rolling those two lines with different combinations and making sure that they were just getting their best guys out there all the time. And then, because they got rid of Malkin, who has struggled since his, mm-hmm. he had a good since first, his game. first game. yeah. So they trimmed the fat in that way. But they also were able to make an in-game adjustment. It wasn't working for Timothy Liljegren. So if they had six defensemen and Liljegren was one of them and he was playing the way he did, they would have been screwed. They would mm-hmm. have been down to five again and we would have had the same situation as they had in Tampa Bay. But because they had seven, they were able to sit Liljegren for the entire second and third period, roll with six D that were getting it going, or at least, to a certain extent, getting it going. And they found themselves a winning formula. I thought it was a brilliant decision. I would like to see 11-7 and seven with their optimized lineup. Really? Why not? I mean, you put it like that, it's hard to argue Cody with. Cody Cece's back. He's bare, He's just penalty killing. He's Five the seventh minutes, defenseman. Like Timothy Tyson Logrand. Barry's getting mostly power play time. Mm-hmm. You're finding yeah. ways to optimize at all times, and you're getting more of Matthews, more of Marner, more of Tavares, more of Nylander and more of the fifth guy who belongs in the discussion of the core forwards, Zach Hyman. Yeah. I'd like to see them try it when they when they aren't in dire straits. I I 100% agree with that. I think I thought it was a great move. I was wary on
3: scratching Mulligan and posting Gauthier or go yeah Gauthier. Like it, it was
2: yeah. I mean I think the reason would be center iceman penalty killing penalty killing draws. I mean there are more there's not, does Malgin not do that? They though? both don't i don't think i've seen him on the penalty kill yet but i don't think they both don't have many functions the only thing bad about it is it forced freddie goche to play 10 minutes tonight that's really the only thing that wasn't that is probably that i didn't like out of the whole combination i think the configuration works so well mm -hmm. uh and if i I went back to the optimization if they have their full lineup freddie goche is not the 11th guy no it's you know
3: Andreas jansen or something it's
2: jason spezza I think – I don't even – like if, 11. If
3: we're talking about higher, I think McKay he's back? up there. Yeah. Oh, man. Right? Miss so much. So
2: we're getting to the point where you don't have any liabilities in your forward group at all. Yeah. Yeah. No. And like, you don't have Cody Cece on the ice when you don't want him on the ice. You don't have Tyson Berry on the ice when the situation doesn't call for it. I'm here for se- or 11-7 I, all the way. Wow. You know what? Is this your new hill? It's my new hill. Wow. Well, it'll never climb to the Kyle Clifford bucket heights. Uh, that but that, I'm that's I'm lucky. really intrigued. I want to see more of it.
3: Yeah, you know what? I I think that's a great that you put it very eloquently. I think that that was great. I also liked how Sheldon Keefe. First of all, he he got like uh, blood from a stone here. Like he was able to just he, that that was that was a hodgepodge of of players on the back end. Travis Dermott was their top left hand defenseman, and it looked like he almost got. I I thought that Travis Dermott was like injured in the first period. Remember when he got hit, hit by behind, yeah, yeah. by Weegar, and I was. Saw that and I'm like, you gotta be kidding. like, do they even have another defenseman to bring up? I don't yeah, even I mean, think they they're, do. They're they're at that point where one more guy goes out. Like, if one well, if, if one more do? guy goes out, it's Matt Hollowell or something. It's like I, yeah. I honestly don't. It's like it's it's Timu Kivahame. Yeah. Like I, I, it's bad. Um, that was the Mar. That was literally the Marley's 2017-18 defense core. Mm-hmm. There was like the only player missing for that was Vincent LoVerde. It was Hall, Marenchen, Rosen, Lilligren. Like four of the top of, of the seven defensemen last night were part of that oh Dermot as well sorry five yeah. five of the seven
2: yeah that's... it was just swapping Barry for Laverde it was just
3: swapping Barry for Laverde and yeah that's about it like it's and, and uh Sandon was there the next year That's that like that's right, that's right. H- hilarious and in the biggest game of the season they, he, they were able to call together that group and play them in a, in a strategic way like uh, I guess we'll just hop into the new look defense now but like Rosen who uh, it's still weird to me that he's Back on the Leafs Like it's so It's so weird Seeing him in a uniform again Because Mm -hmm. it was weird Seeing him in a Leafs uniform at all Because he just Was on the Marlies the whole time And then he went to Colorado And it was weird seeing him there Now it's weird seeing him back It's crazy He played 8 minutes and 44 seconds Not a lot at all I thought he was okay In in the time he played I think he
2: He split a normal 13 minutes With Lilligren Yeah basically how it worked
3: And then 5 minutes and 21 seconds For Lilligren Lilligren played Like it was unfortunate Because Lilligren was on the ice For two goals That were like demonstrably Frederick Anderson's fault But He hasn't looked great lately. Yeah. Um. You'd like that to step up, but they found a way to play. You're right. Like they had. They just gave themselves options. And and Sheldon Keith recognized midway through the game. Okay, Lillgren doesn't have it tonight. So five minutes. We're gonna we're gonna like restrict him to five minutes. Ride our other guys. Sandin, I thought, stepped up in a huge way. Yeah. I thought like this guy has he has struggled the last maybe week and a half. It's been a little troubling. We have to keep even the caveat that it's he's 19 years old, but. Tonight he stepped up. Dermott, this was his best game I've seen in, in in forever. Martin Marincin is not very good, but we're gonna have to get into that as well. But they like they Tyson Berry was was also just very reliable. There was this one sequence defensively on the you know at the end of the game where he just shut down the the Panthers, who by the way have the fourth best offense in the NHL. Like this was just a collective effort from a bunch of guys who are thrown into the situation. Everyone's playing at least, like two rungs up the ladder where they should be. And they just locked it down and and secured two vital, like unspeakably vital points. This was an amazing performance, I think, by by the back end, given especially not even given what they had.
2: Just full stop. Yeah, it goes back to my previous point. Like, I think a lot of them showed signs like, wow, we, we cannot give you even, you know, an extra shift more or we're in trouble, right? Yeah. Like Martin Murchin, there were some really trying moments at times. And it was like, if you had any more responsibility, the Leafs would be in big trouble right now. But they seemed to band it all together. And I think what helped them keep the Panthers to only 27 shots was the fact that the Leafs played really well the Leafs forwards played really well defensively as well mm-hmm. there was a commitment once they got back the lead there was a commitment to team defense there was a lot of bodies dropping back they did a really nice job protecting that lead I thought I didn't think the Panthers really really threatened them at all no like I think it was pretty locked down and it's amazing because there wasn't any of these, of these really standout performances aside from Sandine, I'd say yeah like it was not like Wow, what a heroic effort by these guys. It was more like they just found a way to get it done. And that's exactly coming in. It was like, how are they gonna get it done? And they found a way, and it's sort of hard to describe, it's hard to pinpoint who did what and what really made the difference. But together, it all came it all worked in some way. And it's not gonna be like this all the time. They're they're gonna they're gonna pay for not having Jake Buzzard oh, and Morgan yeah. Riley. But if they can find a way to band together the forwards realize this and help as much as they possibly can they can get through this they got through it against a really good offensive team uh and i know it's easy to play when you have the lead or whatever but they fought back to get that lead uh and they managed to survive all of it uh again you're right it was a very very important performance obviously it's just a small factor in this game what the defense did mm-hmm. but in totality like they they answered the bell tonight
3: do you want to have the martin marinson conversation i suppose so um so he's signed for next season yeah why curious decision right Ye- like uh, the only the only thing the only reason why i can think that happened is because kyle Dubas was like i just i just don't want to go scrawling the market for 700 grand defenseman i'll just
2: i'm just comfortable well, he's with going, what he's I going to anyway he's like he's it's t- like substitute cody cc stuff right like it's it's eighth defenseman it's normally seven because one guy is probably going to be out at all, all times. That's just how it works. Mm-hmm. Like, and he shouldn't ever get there. But he's like, reach this good, sh- good soldier status. Well, he'll, he'll just accept this money, play an extremely diminished role, and you don't want to ever see him. But when you do see him, it does I mean, go he'll well. be there. It doesn't <laughs> go well, but it went, it went okay tonight. I mean, he had some moments, but I think it's just that it's a guy – who they can rely on to not you know, be Dmitry Timashov and bang on the door and ask for a trade because he's not playing. Uh, I just think, as far as eighth defenseman goes, I see why they continue to do it because he seems fine with that role as an eighth defenseman.
3: I just, I just think there's so many better options out there. Like I, I don't get why it's this
2: guy. Like the, when you really take a step back,
3: think but about the,
2: can there really be better options for an eighth yes like i really think there can okay so you want your you want anyone who's young who, who could potentially grow to be in your top six to be playing right yes so that takes out prospect style guys and anyone who anyone who's out there who you could sign mid-season for that or there's no one out there that you could sign mid-season for that that would be better because they all want to have the best position for them which is maybe nhl minutes so like to to get like that just depth guy in the system and one one pillar to build around right in that depth role that needs to be filled, but it's not that easy to fill. I just think it's that's they've sort of reached this understanding where it's like, you're gonna be used only if we need you, you're gonna make a decent amount of money. Just smile and be happy.
3: Would you okay, this is gonna piss off like all of the underlying numbers people out there, and I'm sorry, but would you honestly rather have Martin Marincin... At seven hundred grand for the rest of the season, than Zach Bogosian at one point
2: three million. I mean, I'd rather have Bogosian. Yeah, uh, but they didn't know.
3: They didn't know this, but he was still out him. there. Like it's like I know there's not there's not always going to be Bagosian out there, but I just I don't get why it's this guy. I took it like I tweeted this out during the game, but I really took a step back and thought about it because I've been around the Marlins for three years, so I've seen this in action, and I think about. Just the sheer amount of resources that the Leafs have invested into this guy, into Martin Marincin, where the, it's not even just – it's not money. It's people, people, when I say resources, people just thought, oh, it's money. He's only getting a league minimum. It's not a big deal. No. I'm talking about, I'm talking about money, but I'm also talking about time. And I'm talking about development. They have tried for five years at C, I think it is now – to make this guy into an NHL defenseman, and they have tried their darndest. They have put him in on the first pair when he first came here to try trial by fire. Didn't work. Then they made him into a bottom six role. Didn't work. Then injuries thrust him into a top four role in the playoffs in that first playoff series. Didn't work. Then they sent him down to the Marlies and had him wo- completely work on his game. Work with Barb Underhill. Work with all the skill coaches on ice. I see. I've seen it <laughs> on ice at practice after practice, making him feel more comfortable with the puck, making him feel more confident with the puck, rushing the puck. Then they call him right back up. Then they send him back down again. Then they call. And like, this is. They they have done. They have put him in every conceivable position. They've even played him on his offside in the Marlies before. And they've done everything they possibly can to make this guy into an NHL player. And he just has never, at least to us, never shown that. I just don't get why this is the guy.
2: See, I don't. What I don't agree with you is like, I don't think the effort is even there. I think they found a guy who's okay showing up at Coca Cola. Or Ford Performance Center or Scotiabank, wherever they need him to shoot on a backup goalie, to shoot on David Ayers, whatever they need him to do, he'll just do it. And I think that's the most important thing. And if they ever need him, like tonight, he can go in there and help him win a game, I guess.
3: He didn't. Okay, he did the help de- win that he's game.
2: He's as the eighth defenseman. I don't know if they win the game without him. You you really don't think they win that game without Martin Oh Well, I mean, he got. He played more he than played. Timothy Lilligren. I mean, like, I, I don't. Okay, he's a below replacement level player, but they don't have a replacement level player to replace him right now. You can't have all, like everyone in the whole entire organization, if they're all above replacement level players, they're all going to want out. They're all going to want to move on to a better situation. Martin Marinchen's value is that he doesn't care.
3: It's a very nihilistic way of looking at it. I think,
2: I mean, I'm totally with it. If I was Martin Marincin, I would want to make my 700K annually. And the moment I get a chance to sign on for it the next season, I would do it. No, it's a great, it's, he's living the
3: life. It's a great life. He's living, he's essentially like the long-term David Ayers of this team. When you really think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Like he's, he's the emergency backup and they broke, it's
2: on the side. They're teaching him how to like, you know, clean the ice. Yes, Exactly. Yeah. you know
3: they're ta- ta- talking about ice maintenance um i just thought like i it just comes back to like and i know it's you know he's he's happy to do this and blah 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 but like just it, it's just it's just
2: odd to me like, to an- sorry to answer the bogosian question though yes i'll I'll answer it with a question myself okay if you're zach bogosian why wouldn't you prefer the tampa bay lightning
3: uh I mean, he clearly chose Tampa. Okay. Here's so maybe,
2: maybe the Leafs wanted him, and it was just like, well, Tampa wants him, okay. so obviously I'm going to Tampa Bay. So
3: here, like, I don't – this is this is information that I got during the deadline. I didn't want to put it out there because I didn't want, I didn't feel 100% confident in it, but I guess I'll just say it now. So what I heard – Okay. I was digging around in the right. back channels. And what I heard was that Bogosian could have gotten more money elsewhere, and he did. But he, him, the, him, and the Leafs were really interested in a one-year, seven hundred grand deal. And then I think right after, from like then me filling in the gaps after the David Ayers incident, I think the Leafs kind of cooled, and he went and he took his money in Tampa. But from what I heard, with the sports science and everything, Bogosian and like Boghossian knew he could get more money elsewhere. But him and the Leafs had mutual interest, and it cooled off. It. But this we're
2: we're, we're recounting. This is a life when Jake life before Jake Muzzin was. You know, out for four weeks with a broken hand Exactly We've wasted, not wasted so, We had a really meaningful martin Murray yeah. discussion But I think it's time we get to Zach Hyman I,
3: I think it's high time we get to Zach Hyman
2: Do you want to uh, lead off here?
3: I mean, how many times do we have to go Like, it's just amazing what this guy is doing This was the Zach Hyman game 100% This was, like, encapsulated
2: Everything I,
3: I tweeted out during the game How does this guy not have an A? At
2: least some letter. I mean, he, he's just like Muzzin in that he probably deserves it, but it's more about a legacy thing. It's more of a show thing, <sighs> and the guys who make all the money have the letters, which is fine, I it's guess. It's fine, but like... It this, doesn't seem to bother Zach no, Hyman. nothing
3: bothers Zach Hyman. So. He's, he's the good version, forward version of Martin Marincin. He'll take whatever you give him, just happy to show up, and yet he just gives you infinitesimal <laughs> amount more. Like, he's just... This guy, he... It was, it was the response that got me. It was the you know, they they go down by one early, big game, you know, a lot of talk around how this team just folds. Zach Hyman immediately, and we talked about this with, with the defense score, but Zach Hyman goes out and goes, I'm gonna score a goal. And he did everything he can in the corners. He he went like to Zach Hyman like another Zach Hyman level. Mm-hmm. You know how Zach Hyman is like Zach Hyman? He went to like n- like mega Zach Hyman. In the corners, no one like the best quote I've ever heard of Zach Hyman is a fan could have a random fan anywhere in the stadium could have a puck in his pocket and Zach Hyman would find it and like that was that was it tonight like he was just banging and crashing in the corners he scored that goal to tie it up early he he created so many little plays like he's he's evolved offensively he used to be this guy with stone hands who everyone was like yeah I get that he's a great grinder but like he can't finish no like he's creating rushes he's ma- he's making you know decisions that extend plays he's doing like. Everything that you wanted a Zach Hyman type to do, Zach Hyman is doing. It's just remarkable to watch this player blossom under in, in this organization and especially in the circumstances when they needed him most. He is the most uh, low-maintenance, You know, comes to work, lunch pail every day, and yet he fits in every single, we talked about this before, but every single line that this guy plays on, he fits in seamlessly and he makes them one of the Leafs' best two lines. And no one else on the team, not even Austin Matthews, not even Mitch Marner, not William Nylander can do that. He is he's, he's the Danny Green of the Leafs. He just fits seamlessly next to any superstar or any, any, any marquee player and, and elevates their game and adapts his game and makes it just a better situation. He was fantastic tonight. He's been fantastic all season.
2: Give him a gosh darn A. It was as though Jack... Or Jack. Jake Muzzin's spirit just lived inside him tonight. Yeah. Like it looked like he every everything positive about him, the relentlessness, the you know, everything he grew a beard mid game. It was crazy. <laughs> everything was just amplified tonight from yeah. him. There was even some fanciness to his game. Like he I, that's he what I'm made saying. that one move to, to set up Marner. It's crazy. But to me, not a single player is doing more within their scope of abilities than Zach Hyman. Mm-hmm. Scored his twentieth of the season tonight. It happened just over a minute after Florida scored early and could have, you know, put a little dent into their confidence in this game. Then he was on the ice for he played a role in two more goals before the end of the period. So he got a primary assist on Austin Matthews goal. Uh, he, he set the screen screen for Casper Capitan. All told during the game. He was on the ice for 18 of the 29 shots that the Maple Leafs had on Sergei Bobrovsky. That is incredible. Over 60%. That's incredible. So everything he was doing out there was working. That line with Marner, him, and Matthews, they were getting poured over the boards over and over and over again and just dominating play. And it was honestly Zach Hyman who was spearheading it all.
3: Yeah. This guy makes $2.25 million a year on a capped out team. And he's, per- and he's performing better than, than at least one $11 million player. Like I feel more comfortable each night that Zach Hyman will get a point than I do Mitch Meyer will get a point. And Zach Hyman brings more in he the He might be
2: outperforming two eleven million dollar players.
3: Ooh, who's the other one? Are we gonna are we gonna do this? John Tavares. Whoa! Whoa. Well, lately. Should he be? He's stri- the best
2: he was the best player on the ice tonight, so he he really it'll uh, played three of them. So
3: should he be stripped of the captaincy? Justin needs to ask the question. No, but <laughs> Zach Hyman does need a letter. I agree with you. I, he's just like it, it. Just goes back to the whole like this team folds sometimes, and Zach Hyman was like single handedly going, "I will not fold." And you need players like that. I there's a re- if you look back, and this goes back to a Marley's thing as well. But if you look at, you know, what Zach Hyman has done throughout all the rungs of the Leafs organization, every single time. Anyone asks a coach about him, he is the you know the the star pupil mm-hmm. at, on a Marlies team that had Nylander, Kapanen at the time. Leipzig was a marquee guy, uh, you know all these big all these big stars. I think it was this uh, sixteen seventeen or fifteen sixteen. Mar- it was a fifteen sixteen Marlies, so they had all these you know stars, and it was it was crazy. Zach Hyman was always mentioned in the in the group of of you know marquee guys. And there's a reason for that. And then he goes up to the NHL and both Sheldon Keefe and Mike Babcock have loved him. He's just a coach's coach or he's a coach's player. He's a player's player. Zach Hyman forever. Agreed. Yes.
2: Okay. We've talked about Freddie Anderson a bit. Is there anything else we want to add to uh, Fred? Ah, I think I'm going to have to ask uh, the
3: question I ask every podcast. We're not. Is there a goaltending controversy? No. Are you? Okay. So it's not obviously not that black and white, but here, in all seriousness, does they probably the Leafs probably hadn't had an ideal kind of start schedule of when they were going to start Freddie and when they were going to start Jack Campbell. Has that changed at all? Do you think they're going to factor in a couple more starts for Campbell given what Freddie's going through right now?
2: I I think I would have expected one during this latest little run, but they have sat Jack Campbell down. I think they're trying to get Anderson going, and it's not which, working well.
3: They're winning, but it's They're not winning. working.
2: So, I mean, three of their last four have they won? Three of their last four, which three is of their crazy last five I think uh, Anderson has sort of been mostly down throughout all of it. I would say he's been, with he, the exception of the Penguin shutout, the Penguin shutout, and he played okay against tampa i i did think they would mix in but it's become dire right like they've they've had to be like oh if we started jack campbell and lost like like what are we doing right so they're rolling with their guy uh i kind of expected more of jack campbell just um at the time that he was running through his uh four starts in a row i believe he had uh when anderson wasn't ready to go um but there hasn't been really a spot for it like they've kind of had to do what they've done uh, I probably expect him to come in more. Like, I've, I have think the expectation should have been that we would see more of a two-to-one split where it'd be Anderson two starts, mm-hmm. Campbell one. It hasn't been that way. So we should probably expect to see Campbell sooner than later. But it's also very imperative and very easy to see that they need to get Anderson going. So if they continue to win and they continue to get him to refine his game and trend in the right direction, it's sort of up for debate if he's actually trending in the right direction uh but that seems like the most important thing secondary to obviously making the playoffs so i i was surprised we didn't see jack campbell tonight i thought mm-hmm. after that third goal went in it was an obvious decision to put yeah. jack campbell in because uh that was a awful goal and he looked like he wasn't going to give the leaves a chance to win a game they were desperately you know in on. They mm-hmm. were game. They wanted it. Yeah. They they were playing like they were going to be in the game, but they were gonna have one member of their team lose it for them. But it turned out to be the right decision because Anderson did not allow a goal after that achari goal. So Yeah, but they didn't even like uh, they didn't they didn't get much on him, but but or anything to not quality. To, to avoid making that move and winning the game is clearly better than the alternative, either way. Because you've started the discussion again. So allowing Anderson to play through that game, get the win. Now you can probably safely start Campbell against Vancouver this weekend if you want. Uh, but there should be a Campbell start coming up. He obviously will play at least once in California.
3: Yeah, so I actually I brought up the schedule here because the Leafs have starting a, exactly a week from today. Uh, they have a
2: back-to-back. First is the Kings, and then it's the Ducks. You you'd probably expect Jack Campbell to start against the Kings for sentimental mm-hmm. and strategic reasons. That's what I was going That wasn't ask. good enough for Dennis Malgin tonight. You know what? <laughs> that... Where on the Babcockian scale did that rank? Well, you said three. Yes. I think it's like negative one. I don't think Babcock. Not negative. I don't think
3: Babcock even would learn Dennis Malgin's name. He's five foot nine. No, it's a it's a
2: Babcock move though.
3: It is a okay. It's a Babcock like, move by but definition. It, it is. It is. You're but right. like
2: by common sense, it was the right move. But
3: it matters. Well, it, well was I it? believe it was. It was the most like people, people. One particular media member. I don't want to call him out or anything, but he said, you know, I wonder if Keith is going to get the same backlash that Jason, that Babcock did for Jason Spezza. They're not even remotely similar. This, this is Dennis Malgin we're talking about. Jason Spezza is like basically royalty at this point. Like I, there are play, there are people in Toronto who would take a bullet for that man at this at this moment. One of them might be even sitting in this room. It's <laughs> like. You don't scratch that guy. Um, just a quick thing on 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 Anderson though. Like it's, I I I really I applaud the decision. Now that in hindsight, obviously it's always it's always easier to make opinions in hindsight. Oh,
2: he could have easily allowed another terrible goal, and, and we would be ruining the decision, and we would say Keith. Basically handed away the game. Yes. Secondary to Anderson handing away the game, but it would have been a big mistake if he let in another goal.
3: It, the fat the confident, not the confidence, I guess, like the the sheer, I don't know, like rolling of the dice that Keith had, the balls really that Keith had to keep Anderson that game because it wasn't even just that he let that bad goal in; it was that immediately right after that the Leafs got a power play, and then there was a shorthanded chance, and Anderson looked like he
2: just. I don't know, slipped on a banana yeah, peel. Yeah, he did not look comfortable And just
3: rolled around the crease and almost let in a wraparound shorthanded goal. There like, were
2: moments after that too. Like, yeah. There was like, he was fortunate on about two or three moments that could have went the other way. Like every obviously and, Keith was fortunate too. And that's um, the
3: thing, down this stretch, those bounces might not bounce your way. Oh, 100%. And so like, I don't. I understand that they want to get Frederick Anderson going, but this has been three months now. This is not a little blip. We talk about it's a rollercoaster to Anderson. No, like his, this has been, this has transitioned from like he started out hot and now he hasn't been that great. No, this is a bad season from Frederick Anderson. This is officially now, like he is being bad this year. He is, he, uh, the fact that he just was comparable. To David Ayer's say percentage of that game is absurd. It's a fun little novelty stat. But he just he, – he he can't even crack 900 in these kind of games. It's insane. When you – these should be the games where he steps up the most. His team needs him the most. Their playoff lines are – their playoff lives are on the line. And he can't stop three of the first 12 shots. And the so Florida Panthers who just sold at the deadline. In Like, I get it, but this is crazy. What I'm seeing, though, too, is that the Leafs, and I think Michael Hutchinson might have left them some PTSD here, I think the Leafs just straight up don't want to put in another goalie in relief. I think they're done with that. I think if, if unless it's like pump for seven right away, I think they're going to let, they they have the wherewithal to let Anderson, or even Campbell if it happens, but he, funny enough, he hasn't, he's been the least best goalie all season. Um, I think they're going to let him deal with it because uh, there might be some sort of statistical thing where it's if you put a a goalie in um, for relief, it might even like decrease your odds of winning. So I I, I think, you know, us, you know, yelling at the ice or at the TV screen these days to say, you know, pull Freddie if he's led in three bad ones. I think that's a futile attempt now or a futile practice because they're just not going to do it.
2: Yeah, I'm not so sure. I, I mean, he's he's sort of up and down with his messaging with that. I think that was last chance like i think you understood that was a terrible goal yes and if another goes in you have to come out and then he immediately I, was, floundered right after that and it didn't go in it was obviously it didn't very, go in it, but obviously very fortunate that it didn't but to say that they wouldn't play for jack campbell i think is certainly i would take exception with that because I think you mentioned taking a bullet for Jason. I mean, I didn't say they wouldn't play for him. I think, I think if he came into that game, the effort 100 percent would have been there. I think the effort was there regardless. Oh, it's, not, it's
3: not an effort thing. I just think no, 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 that
2: like I don't think I don't think that would have been a fatally flawed decision. No, no, no
3: I don't. Th- I, be clear, I don't think it's like an effort thing. Like I don't think the players are going to play worse if Jack Campbell's in there. I'm saying like just in terms of putting in a goalie cold in the middle of a game.
2: Right. There might be like a probability thing that they've worked out where it's worse. Oh, than oh, yeah. Just I, certain, I certainly think that. that but out. but he he's used it as a message thing like the first thing that pissed Freddie off earlier in Keefe's tenure was that he took him out when the entire team was performing poorly yeah um so now it's just Freddie I think it's balancing what Freddie's sort of emotions and needs are Mm -hmm. and that probably played in the factor it played into the decision tonight even though there was grounds to take him out fortunately for the Leafs they avoided sort of having to go through this drama uh because Mm -hmm. Anderson did bounce back even though he floundered a little bit first the last guy we got to get into uh, it's Kasperi Kapanen, right? Yeah. yeah, I was just about to do that. Thank you for doing that. So, Casper wow. Kapanen, another goal. It's two in his last four, I believe. Yeah, And another fight, two yep. in his last four. So, I don't know if this is a coincidence or anything, but in both games that he scored recently, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh before and now tonight against Florida, he's followed that up pretty swiftly with a fight. He was asked about a Gordie Howe hat trick after that, and he kind of admitted that he would like to Be nice. get one of those under yep. his belt. So... He came and assist shy once again, but the fighting Kapanen, the which is in connection, the scrappin connection to the scoring Kapanen, if they are indeed connected, is certainly the best Kapanen. Oh yeah, this is
3: Fred, uh, Frederick Anderson. Casper Kapanen has taken his game to a stra- like a stratosphere. I don't think we've ever seen. Like this is this is a Kapanen that you know is borderline untouchable in trades. We were talking about you know, dealing this guy for assets and just kind of winging it. Like, this guy, this is a guy, and I know I said this a while back, but, like, this is a guy who is fighting for his spot in this in the future of this team. I fully believe that. There is not a coincidence that since his suspension on February 3rd, he's got 8 points in 12 games, he looks way more engaged, and he's stepping up in moments where he needs to step up. You know, he's, he's coming to the defense of his teammates. I think he realized that he kind of let his teammates down during that sleep in and it was
2: a pattern of stuff. Just as many fights now as Kyle Clifford in a Leaf's uni.
3: Clifford has two? Oh um, yeah. Yeah, because he just he murdered uh Peter Morajic and then
2: had to kinda deal with that. I don't think he No, yeah, he did a fight later with Edmondson, right? Right. Yes. Yep.
3: But uh that's I think that like I, I don't know if they hang out, but I feel like you know, some something Clifford's energy or juju or something is, is, is getting into Kapanen because we've never seen him be like this before. We've seen Kapanen fully check out of games before. Like fully. He's, you know, a lot of times this season, he's looked like he's strolling through a farmer's market opposed to, you know, on, on the ice at Scotiabank Arena. And yet, like, now he, he, had, he had to deal with his name and trade conversations for half this season. He had to deal with the public shaming of a, of a suspension for tardiness. He had to deal with all this stuff, and now he's coming out when his team needs him the most, and he's not just, you know, putting up the stats. He's sticking up for his teammates. He's choosing the right time to fight because mm-hmm. it's not a dumb moment. It's not giving momentum back to the other team. It's Travis Dermott gets gets de- you know decapitated along the boards. Casper Capon e. of all people is going to step up and fight him. And I, I he I don't think I think it was m- more or less a draw, but he won that first fight in, in Pittsburgh. Like, oh, yeah. It was I didn't even know that he had this in him. And now he's, he's stepping up at the moment where they need him the most. This is, this is a great development, and this is exactly the kind of thing that helps you bridge the tide or bri- bridge whatever the metaphor is here when you have drastic injuries in your lineup. You have players like Captain, in the middle class, we've talked about it all podcast, stepping up and providing an extra element, an extra thing. And Capitan is is doing exactly that, and it's been
2: fantastic. Keith said just that. He said after the game, he was asked if uh, Kapanen's recent play was related to being disciplined by the team. He just said no. He doesn't believe that. That he's just asked everybody to give a little bit more, and that Casper Kapanen has given them a lot more. I think you and I agree be. with that a hundred percent. This is the best version of Casper Capitan. This is what I believe he always has. He always has these uh, these abilities that other players in this roster don't have, and they're all on display when his game is fully there he doesn't always channel his energy and his sort of uh and these abilities in the right direction like we've seen him do some stupid things we saw him throw a stick at someone yeah earlier this year uh so when he is managing when he's picking the spots correctly we'll say that mm-hmm. when he's picking the spots correctly he is immensely effective for this team he's doing that of late you mentioned the eight points i think in his last 12, 12 games yeah. that's exactly where they need him to be mm-hmm. from a secondary s- scoring perspective Uh, I think he's showing a lot right now and he seems to be a guy that's going to live on the momentum that he's gained from an individual level so I expect this to grow for him and for him to be a huge factor for the Leafs down the stretch
3: yeah no for sure I I think I think you have to be a little not I don't know I think you have to be a little naive to think that this is not influenced and even a little bit by the suspension I mean it's not a coincidence that you know he had to deal with the sh- the public shaming
2: that this market provides, and, and it, then he, and he it, came out. It was also probably associated with a sit down. They yes. probably talked about this.
3: If I if Sheldon Keith sat me down, I would
2: get eight points in my next so two games. If if the uh, the directive is to make it to practice on time, but also hey, we're asking everyone to give a little bit more. Maybe this is reason for you to do even more than a little bit more. Yes, it seems as though he's gotten the message. Absolutely, for sure uh anything else from tonight i think i think we covered it all just a great you know team win a a huge win yes so four points now as we mentioned off the top uh separates these two teams i believe the leafs are now a 70 percent uh chance of making the postseason uh via money puck it's more than that on dom decision so uh, it's obviously from that perspective they enhance their chances significantly yes Uh, It's not that simple. We know that they're going to have to win some games down the stretch. Obviously, they have Florida one more time at home. Evening the score with Florida at two games apiece would go a huge, huge, huge way towards making the playoffs. It's obviously not uh, required. Mm -hmm. They could lose that game and win plenty of others and still make the playoffs. Um, But this was as big of a step as they've taken in the right direction in some time. And we've been talking about statement wins just as much as we've been talking about statement losses over the last month. So yep. this was a big, big deal. Uh, again, the Leafs win 5-3 over the Florida Panthers. Up next, it's the Vancouver Canucks on Saturday night. No Jakob Markstrom for the Vancouver Canucks, who will be a little bit shorthanded, but that's a damn good team too. Uh, and it should be fun on Saturday.
3: Look, you're, you're handed a, um, a gift with Markstrom
2: out. Take advantage of it. We will see if they do, in fact, take advantage of it and uh, in, in pad their... Little lead over the Florida Panthers in the Atlantic. Their bulge. Division. Pad their, their bulge. bulge. It was there. I just couldn't find it in my head. <laughs> we'll leave it at that.
0: Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,